0: Weddings ish, 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 with Jove. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Weddings ish with Jove. Happy fall. This episode, our wedding planning tip, I discuss wedding guest attire, what they should wear, and how you should label it. I also sit down with the founder, Nicholas Morgenstern, of Morgenstern's finest ice cream. Enjoy. Wedding's ish. Wedding trends are changing all the time. But one thing that will never change is guests have to wear clothes to the wedding. And I find couples always sort of wonder, well, Jove, what should they wear? Is it a suit? Is it a tux? Is it a button-down shirt and a nice pair of pants for men? Is it a gown? Is it a dress? Is it a short dress for women? What should they wear? And my response is always the same. That's totally up to you. Do you want an elegant affair in terms of the dress code or something a little bit more casual? And there's no right or wrong answer. It really is all about preference. But what I want to talk about is the labels that you're supposed to use on the invitation to help guests understand what you expect of them. Because your guests can only do what you tell them if they know what it is. So I think most people know that there are sort of three options when it comes to a wedding black tie black tie optional, uh, which is also sometimes known as formal, and then semi-formal. So we're just going to go through the three of those quickly so that you can sort of understand the difference between them. So black tie is the top of the top. This is where you're expecting men to wear a tuxedo uh, with with a bow tie, cummerbund, nice shoes. And this is where you're expecting women to wear a long evening gown. Um, Usually this happens... Um, at a wedding that is super super formal and typically these outfits um, are in darker tones. They're not usually bright and fun and colorful. Oftentimes the tux is navy or black and the dress might be in a dark or neutral color um, so that the bride can really pop in her white. Um, So that's sort of black tie, it's tux and gown. And then there's one a step below that which is formal or black tie optional. But I'm not gonna lie, when you say black tie optional, it really actually means you better show up in a tux. So you might as well just put black tie if you want everyone to come in a tux or in a gown. Because if you put black tie optional, I think it's really confusing. I'm like, what does this person want from me? Do they want me in a tux? Or when you say optional, that means a dark suit is also okay. But if everyone else is in a tux and I'm in a suit, it just feels awkward for me. So don't say black tie optional. Don't chicken out. If you want a fancy, fancy wedding, live your best life and say black tie. If you're not feeling black tie and you don't want penguins walking around in tuxes all night, totally get it. Makes sense. Then I would say semi-formal is the next one down. And semi-formal is a great option because men would still be in a suit and tie Uh, And women would wear a cocktail dress or potentially a really cute skirt and a nice top. So people are still formal, but they're not hyper formal, Um, which I think is sometimes better because you can dance a little better. If you're in a a suit for men and a dress or a dressy skirt for women, you can really like get on the floor and hit it and kill it. But if you're in a gown, I feel like you're limited to moving. A, I've never worn a gown. So I can't tell you from personal experience, but weddings that we've done that are black I just find that dancing is not as full-on as it could be if women were wearing something a little bit more free-flowing where they could move the legs and move the torso and really break it down. So again, we have the three options. This is sort of large category. Black tie equals tux uh, and gown. Black tie optional, don't use it, please. But technically it means tux or gown is optional. A suit would also be fine. And then semi-formal, which means a suit and a dress uh, would be the options. There are many things in between here. If you're having a beach wedding, you could say beach casual, um, beach formal, really depending. I really say the more information you give your guests, the better. So even if you put you know, semi-formal or cocktail style or black tie, there's nothing wrong with putting a little note at the bottom explaining exactly what that means for men and for women. And you could even go a step further um, if you have a, a website, have a tab that says attire, and it could link to a Pinterest page that shows samples of what you think men and women should wear at your wedding. And this is where you can have some fun. If you want people in pattern and color, that's a great way to encourage them to do it so not everybody's in black or navy. If you're into black and navy, then keep it classic live your best life, and be happy, but just be honest with yourself and be open with your guests and communicate what you want them to wear, and nine times out of ten, they'll show up with bells on. Weddings-ish! I am thrilled to be sitting across from the charming, handsome, and sweet, like his ice cream, Nicholas Morgenstern. Our ice cream,
1: it's great. Our ice cream is actually not that sweet. It's not that sweet. That's part of the thing.
0: (laughs) Well, let's talk about it. Some of it is, well, it's sweet. It has sugar in it. Yes. But it has less
1: sugar than most ice cream.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Intentionally.
1: Absolutely. Okay. I think about sugar the way that most chefs think about salt.
0: Oh interesting. So so less is more sometimes.
1: Well th- what I don't I'm not interested in eating sugar. Okay. Like as a flavor. Yeah. Things that are sweet is something that we all enjoy or most people enjoy, but I'm more interested in having things taste like the flavor like strawberry pesto or Uh the bitter chocolate or whatever so i'm interested in the flavor of what the ice cream is rather than the sugar
0: not just covering something with sugar yeah and sugar
1: yeah sugar is cheap yeah as an ingredient Yeah. it also has the effect and the chemistry of the product of making it soft making ice cream soft so it's not it's more challenging to make ice cream with low sugar content
0: Huh. than just tons of sugar and preservatives and all yeah. the things you don't do.
1: We own all of our ice cream really. I mean, there's variations obviously, but basically they're all milk and cream, sugar and salt. Mm-hmm. And then obviously flavoring. If there's chocolate, obviously there's chocolate in there or caramel is the sugar's been caramelized, but sure. more or less that's all that we use. Um, and uh, it makes it harder. It's more challenging to sure. do that, but we, you know, I spend a lot of time, working on that so that we developed a really, what I think is a really beautiful medium for delivering the experience of something cold, frozen, but it's also really smooth and also really represents the flavor on the menu. Sure. That's the most important thing to me.
0: You're known for your flavors, but before we get into them, Mm. let's rewind. So you are the owner, founder, and chief ice cream designer yes. have you yes. <laughs> for Morgan Stern's finest ice cream here in New York City. That's right. Yeah. That's amazing. It's got a beautiful it's in the lower East side. Mm-hmm. Beautiful blue front. Delft
1: blue. Delft. Delft is I a didn't town know that in, was a color. Yeah, that's a town in Europe and it's uh, the town that made the pigment for the the Queen's china. Okay. So How that
0: did you decide that you need a Delft blue. Um, or did you like the color and it has a great story?
1: No, we just, when we were, I designed the store with a buddy of mine named Jack Dakin. He's a guy I went to high school with. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I was like feeling pretty particular about what we were doing. We didn't, you know, I built it by myself and I didn't, I don't, we didn't have a budget. So Mm the, those kinds of decisions were like carefully considered and you're kind of like figuring out what to do when you don't have a lot. Yeah. You don't have the money or you don't have Investors the time. Or, yeah. Well, even just like when you're a kid and you only have five bucks and you really have to like make the decision on what you're going to get, you, mm-hmm. it's got to count, Yeah. you know? So like choose the ice cream that's really going to make make it happen. So for as a child, then I was like, well, if I'm going to do this design, like we need to make a really strong decision. So Um, when we were looking at colors, I mean, it was when, you know, when you're looking at a sample of that color, you're like, Whoa, that's, it's a a lot, it's a bold move. Um, and I have, I also have restaurants and other things, but for some reason in an ice cream parlor, you can kind of do that. Mm -hmm. You can get away with things that are like a little bit more electric. So that was the way that I felt. And there were a couple of other colors that I was considering, um, like a really rich, Um, raspberry red color.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Um, We looked at doing it white. Uh Uh-huh. Clean. We thought about doing it black.
0: Too dark. Which is a New York thing to paint
1: that stuff like shiny black. But, um... Yeah, I did it. And I just pulled the trigger and sent it to the shop and they sprayed the, They that facade was built offsite b- before it was put in. So they just like brought it and then there it was. And it's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a signature element of our aesthetic. Yeah. So that was cool. And yeah, Blue it feels is so good. And Blue so happy. Like you, Absolutely. you walk
0: by and you, it's like happiness yeah. is there. <laughs>
1: it also is a color when you research for like branding and logos and things mm-hmm. like that, that it, it communicates confidence. Oh, I didn't know that. That's what they Blue say. Blue does. Yeah.
0: My logo is blue. Maybe I See? subconsciously <clears throat> knew yeah.
1: that. Well, if you want to communicate confidence to whoever you're working with or dealing with, if you're going into a meeting and you need to, you know, communicate confidence, they wear say blue. wearing blue is a good idea.
0: Oh, like the president wears sort of blue. Pres is supposed White. to wear blue. Got it. Confidence. For sure. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Um, so let's rewind. You are clearly a big deal now. You may not say so, but your work, your ice cream, your store has been featured in, I mean, every major publication. Yeah, we've been Um, very fortunate with that. It's insane in just such a short amount, in two years, right? a little over two years, yeah. 2014. Yeah. So how did you get your start? Were you always obsessed with ice cream? Did you...
1: I was a pastry chef for a long time. Okay. Um, I worked in a lot of different restaurants. I'm from California. I'm from San Francisco. Oh, nice. I, I lived in the Bay for five years. Oh, cool. Yeah. I was in Berkeley. So I grew up in San Francisco, um, and then I went to culinary school in San Francisco. I got When I got out of school, I worked in Europe. I worked in Germany, and then I mm-hmm. moved back to the Bay Area. I lived in San Francisco. I worked in San Francisco. I worked for a guy named Michael Mina for a mm-hmm. long time. Um, i worked at a hotel i worked at a strip club oh wait let's which talk about that. crazy what uh-huh. did you do at a strip club i was you didn't strip no <laughs> <laughs> but i had had i had been in a i had been working a really intense job at a restaurant called aqua which is now closed it was a four-star restaurant mm. really intense place to work fantastic at, pastry. yes okay and i had um i had kind of burnt myself out there just working crazy i was pretty young i was yeah. t- maybe 20 21. And um, I just kind of needed a break, and a guy that I had cooked next to at Aqua had somehow finagled this gig to open this, like, really—it was during the first dot-com boom. Okay. And so it was, like, a tech guy that had a bunch of dough was like, I'm going to open the, like, crazy coolest strip club. (laughs) Yeah. And it was called Boy's Toys.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) straight people are so weird. You got you don't even know. So this and it was it was it was wild. And the whole building was wired with fiber optic cable okay. with the intention of being able to load all the images onto the internet. Wow. And this is pre internet. Facebook, yeah. pre, you know, like this guy was definitely ahead of his time. Sure. Um, and anyway, so the 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 club was big. It was a big club and it had um, a restaurant in it, like, which was meant to be a really good restaurant where yeah. you would go and have like a really good meal. So, Interesting. so it's
0: like highbrow strip club.
1: It was. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's an oxymoron, but yeah. that it was, <laughs> it was meant to be that they'd certainly spent a lot of dough to do that. Yeah. And I, so my job, he hired me and he knew I was fried and he just kind of hired me to be like pastry slash, um, morning, like receiver.
0: Oh, got it. I so, thought you were gonna be like security or manager. I was like, how does this tie into no, industry? I just there so I is. just
1: did this job for him basically because he was like, just come here and I'll pay. He paid me really well and yeah. was like, just like make sure that things are organized in the morning. I realized I was I wasn't there for a very long time, but I realized I was like, oh, these guys are just like partying all night long yeah. and they don't want to deal with what's happened. Like in to, to keep the so that was what I did. Um, it was it was wild. I had to leave. Once I started seeing girls that I went to high school with stripping, for real. I was like, this is... It was nothing against that, but I was like, this is just weird. It was just weird for me. I wasn't wasn't feeling that. You knew that when you were Um, like 15 and now. Exactly. Um, It was a strange scene. It was a weird scene. So then I moved to Hawaii after that, and I cooked there for about a year, and then I moved to New York. Why Hawaii? um, Because Michael Mina was opening a restaurant in Hawaii, and some of my buddies were going there to cook. So... (laughs) Um, and then I came to New York right after that and then worked, I worked for Danielle, uh, Danielle Ballouge for a while. And then I, I worked at a bunch of different places. I went back and forth to France a few times. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I worked in pastry a lot. Mm -hmm. My first job back in San Francisco was at a big hotel, um, before I started working for Michael Mina. And coincidentally, when I was in that hotel, right when I started working there, they had also... Um, purchased their first ice cream machine. Oh, just by coincidence. Okay. I, and I just remember them like unpacking it the day that more within the first week that I was working there, mm-hmm. and they just kind of put me on the machine. They were just like, "You're gonna do this because someone history
0: get training in ice cream or you, yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you know it all.
1: Well, I mean, you you have a sense of sure. what it means, to what it, what you're doing. You should have a sense of that. So. I got put on the machine and then you're just doing a task, which is kind of a rote task to spin ice cream. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like you're, it, it's not that compelling, but I do remember very distinctly the first time that I extracted from the machine, which is when the ice cream comes out and it's frozen. Okay. I remember being like, I'm this is something I'm going to huh. be into. Yeah. Um, but then I worked in restaurant pastry for a very long time in like high-end restaurants and, um you always are making ice cream. It's part of what you're doing amongst many other things, but yeah. that experience helped me to develop this idea of like creating a lot of different flavors and textures for an experience. And I really love putting that all into one scoop and one bite mm-hmm. for people. And um, I believe in, you know, under promising and over delivering Yeah. from when you read the menu to when you get the product, what you get should be better than what you thought it was going to be. Was, for yeah. sure. That's a, that's a big tenant for me as okay. far as like when we write a menu, how are we going to deliver for people? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's how that happened. I, I started opening businesses here in New York um, by myself really. I, I kind of had partners. I had a partner who owned a building and had a partner who was a chef and I have partners in other places now but I really was always kind of just trying to get myself to where I could have a parlor. And it's a weird thing to want to do from the business perspective. Sure. And so before I did it, it was really challenging. There were like so many barriers um, to be able to get a space, to get a store.
0: Well, in New York City, also like, it's like 80% of restaurants fail.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of statistics like that. Sure. I, I think that that's, that's relative to what you're looking at and in, in the world that I'm in that mm-hmm. statistic doesn't hold. Got it. In the same the same way, but um, yes, the restaurant business is very challenging and it's competitive and it's difficult to deal with day to day and New York City's not an easy place to do anything, sure. right? We all have challenges here. That's why it's an amazing place. Yeah. So I think um, it it was it was really difficult for me to get a commercial lease for someone who would allow me to have that use. Mm-hmm. And to get a commercial lease for someone who would allow me to have that use in a good location. Yeah. And I, I knew enough to know that I needed to be in a good place, like yeah. where With it was. And exactly. It was yeah. going to be important. So, um, But I, I mean, I tried to get a space for about five years. It was really wow. hard. Yeah. And I was, you know, putting in offers. It would come and go. I would yeah. go through waves where I was like, okay, I have the time and the money or some money let me try to go get a store and then get denied all over yeah. the place and then be frustrated and kind of Five back off years. of it. That's yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it took a long time.
0: Did you have the name, the branding, sort of all of that fleshed out or you knew? It's kind of like in my head. Okay.
1: I, w- I never felt, people are always like, oh, you like took a big risk. And I'm like, not really. Like I knew, I felt confident that I knew, you know, what it was going to be. Even if I didn't have like every detail articulated, I sure. just was like, I know in my heart I feel this I know mm-hmm. that I'm gonna figure and the just even today like you know Morgan stern's is a pretty successful place like it's busy and people like it and yeah. all of that stuff and we you know I want to do more things with it and mm-hmm. I have like kind of a sense of what we should do it's more sure. intuitive and, but I don't have like every single thing but ironed out yeah as soon as I get my focus on something right now we're looking at some stuff and I'm like Oh, well, this is what we'll do with this. And if I spend like 20 minutes kind of meditating on it, I can go through and be like, this is what it's going to look and feel sure. like. This is what it needs to be. So well, it's it, your baby. It is. And it, but it's created from um, my mind. It's so, you know, if it's successful now and I had this idea, I don't have any real training to run a business, to sure. do what we did. You so, get a master's, you take no. a class on business. I've never been to college. Yeah. I, so I don't. But so, you know, there's like some empirical evidence there to suggest that I might be able to keep doing figuring it doing. out. Yeah. yeah. So that's all. That's I mean, amazing. really, that's what that's, that's where we are now. And, um, you know, I opened Morgan Stern's, like, I, I, I spent all of my money, mm-hmm. every dollar that yeah. I had ever saved. Um, but I own it by myself. And that, Of course, that's like a good feeling, and there's all this other reasons why that is important. But mostly, it just gives us freedom to make decisions kind of unfettered. The autonomy. We can do weird stuff. Yeah. We can can make an ice cream with a jewelry designer, and I don't have to explain that to anyone. Yeah. You know, no one—in other situations, even— If your, 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 your partners or your investors may or may not say, don't do that, but they might be like going, well, what are, why are you doing? And then you're like, it kind of kills the vibe. Yeah. So, you know, you want it like, so yeah, I don't have to answer to, I can just do whatever I want to do. Yeah. And that's what we do there.
0: Which I think is a big part of your success. And. The way that we met was at an event at Newhouse mm-hmm. talking all about collaborations. That's right. And you had some of your recent or favorite collaborators to date. Um, and our connection there was Anna Sheffield. Yeah. Uh, and I was blown away because I had never really thought of collaboration in the world of food mm. the way that you did with ice cream. Okay. So you sort of took people that you admired or liked or were friends with that had nothing really to do with ice cream. <laughs> right. And then created with them a custom flavor, mm-hmm. right? I mean, is that sort of...
1: I think there's a there's a couple of other little fillers there. Um, the people who were at the panel at Neuhaus, um were a really good range of spectrum. House mm-hmm. had asked me if I would come and talk about how we do this or sure. why we do it. And so... I've collaborated with a lot of people okay. and, and I've also just been inspired by a lot of people. There's sure. a lot of different things and I thought that for that kind of uh, presentation it would be really interesting to bring together like a range of mm-hmm. different people that we've worked with and say there's this, uh, you know, it's just, there's there's all these different angles to look at it from and it's, it's more interesting to me um, to think about it from yeah from people who don't know anything about
0: it at all it,
1: you know they just know that they like it sure well and who that, doesn't love ice cream right? there's people who don't like ice cream well, that's
0: there's mm-hmm. something i think wrong with their nothing character.
1: again no that's fine
0: no i disagree there's I mean, if some you don't stuff like ice cream there's something wrong with you
1: there's some <laughs> stuff that i don't like sure like for real and and i don't i shouldn't that shouldn't be held against me you're right so and like ice, cream, ice cream is ice cream it's a very populist food yeah like, really, it might be when it's pulled, it's, like, it's up in the sure. top three, yeah. right? So, yes, people love it, and I think after selling it for a while now and watching it, I think it's probably, for most people, the very first sweet thing that they ever eat. Mm. I think that parents give it to As a child. child. It's, sure. like, a safe, sweet thing to give someone. Yeah. And I think that that develops a really strong uh, connection mm-hmm. to... Uh, to, to the, the medium, the and product. You have
0: memories associated with that. That's ice cream. the thing. For me, my great yeah. grandfather would have one scoop of vanilla ice cream every night after dinner.
1: Like Dude, my grandfather forever. ate ice cream every night. Butter yeah. pecan was like
0: one scoop and an Oreo. That was his, his See? happy place.
1: And that he was like, I'm going to have that every yeah. day. Yeah. And I'll
0: never forget that memory associated with, with ice your grandfather cream and with him. Yeah, so totally. it's interesting. And for you, you sort of took that to the next level by collaborating at that panel. There was someone in fashion, someone in jewelry, someone in food and someone in media. Yeah. So, music media. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. all of the forms of things that I don't think anyone would be like oh i want to collaborate with this person there isn't an obvious connection but for you your mind didn't work that way so how did you come to the decision to collaborate with anna sheffield a jewelry designer on your first collaboration of ice cream
1: she's i mean first off she's a brilliant person agreed that so that's easy right yeah. i mean you don't it's you if you sit and you you're you're compelled by someone, then mm-hmm. it's not hard. And, and she showed interest yeah. in what I did and I showed interest in what she did. So then it seemed like we were like, well, we should try to do something together. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm also pretty open in gen- when I approach that, you know, approaching those collaborations, you have to be open yeah. to just like talk and listen and you don't know what is going to Someone, be the end result. Yeah, exactly. You don't come with a preconceived idea about how something should go. So with her, when, when she and I started kind of talking about doing something together, there was a lot of excitement. We're buddies and we were like, this is going to be cool. Let's do this. It'll be really fun. Yeah. Um, and it became quite challenging, as we described in the panel, because she is very exacting for what she wants, yeah. which is She's what... She's a jeweler. That, She's exactly, That's exactly what her work requires. Yeah. And I actually have to be a little more loose, even though I'm a pastry chef and, and pastry sure. chefs are known to be like pretty exacting as well. Yeah, but
0: you have to have precision of sugar, yes, flour, butter, all of that. Yeah.
1: Um, but I'm, I'm also a business owner and I'm an employer and I, I have, mm-hmm. there's other factors. So I have to be a little more fluid to get things done. So.
0: Well, and you need to sell a <clears> product. <throat> you can't that's just true. create an ice cream that's so weird and strange that no one's going to buy it.
1: True. So with her, you know, we were, it was difficult to get outside of the idea of being really literal with what it was going to be exactly, or just, you know, how she was concerned with like how that aesthetic was going to translate. But rightfully so, like, again, I don't want to do anything that I don't believe in or can't stand behind. So, you know, I appreciate that about her and about her approach that that's something that I, I want that, you know, in Mm -hmm. a collaborator Um, I don't want to collaborate with someone who's like, whatever, I don't care, Yeah, you know, whatever you want, whatever. Yeah, that doesn't that's not it's you got to meet halfway down Mm -hmm. the table. Absolutely. Anyway, so she it was hard because we like couldn't get the color matched properly. And and we were having trouble with the, you know, the black she wanted rose because she was on a rose gold thing at that time and black diamonds. That was her that was her vibe. That was what she was really feeling. So she she was like, this is what I'm inspired by right now. We should do this together. And so we were going around in a circle and like, how are we going to get that to happen? You
0: want to keep true to your ingredients and using that's
1: true. I, yeah, I won't do, I don't use food coloring and I don't do exactly all of that. So I've got to like be as innovative with the natural format of the ingredient as I possibly can. So that was, um, yeah, that was challenging, but yeah, it took a long time for us to like figure out how to get it to come through. And and we wanted to also make a flavor that would be uh, representative or reflective of her Mm palette. I mean, that's the other thing. The flavor, every collaboration has to be like a flavor that the person who created it would love themselves. That's critical. Well, that sounds obvious, but it's not, someone could make something and be like, well, I made this because
0: it's of my brand or, or because
1: sure. of something, but it should be something that the person who made it is really proud of and really loves And it's themselves. what they order when they go to your store. Exactly. <laughs> well, if we have it, we, sure. we don't run all that stuff all the time. It's just, yeah. at this point we're in like, we've done hundreds of them, which mm-hmm. is kind of crazy. We've done so many, but she, um, yeah, she really was, <laughs> was difficult. <laughs> I, I was like, this is, I don't want to do this. This is stupid. Like, yeah. this is taking too long. And like, yeah. we, and it's also, you know, I understand when you're making ice cream, there's a whole process to it. And you yeah. make a bunch of it. And then it's like, that's not going to work. We mm-hmm. Like, throw that away and go back to the drawing board. And mind you, my menu has 50 flavors on it. And at this point, I can nail 85% of my flavors in one shot. Sure.
0: Because you've been doing I, it. I've been doing you know. it, and
1: I know what it's going to take. And then yeah. there's, like, maybe little minor adjustments that happen um, after the after that first. So to get into this process where I'm, like, working on one flavor and I'm making it again I'm and again.
0: so much time and energy. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Without I- even <laughs> knowing what the outcome would be. Exactly. You could sell nothing.
1: Yeah, or, I mean, when we do the collaborations, honestly, I'm less concerned about, like, I mean, we... When I collaborate with people, I'll tell them that's going to sell. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. And I'll say that's going to sell. And they'll be like, really? Some people don't care. Sure. They'll be like, I don't care. I want my weird <laughs> stuff. I don't Who doesn't care? care? <laughs> um, Carlo Maracci from Roberta's, we did something with him okay. recently. And he was like, I want to make culantro um, sorbet. And I was like, <laughs> No well, one f- will buy I was this. like, Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> And so he's like, it'll be really cool. And like, you know, we've been messing with cilantro all the time. And I was like, cool, if you give me the juice. cilantro is like cilantro. Okay. So imagine how much cilantro you would have to juice to make sorbet. And not for nothing, we do sell a lot of stuff at my store. So it's not like three scoops. You're talking about needing to be able to produce hundreds of scoops. for His runs for one week. So we worked on his. And honestly, his came out really good. It was cool. But people were like, what? is that it's weird. they were like, what are you talking? No way. You yeah. Know? But that's cool too. Cause like, you know, not everything should fall into the vanilla chocolate. Sure. Not, not that it does, but like it, we should have some stuff that's more like a strange outlier. A spectrum and, of
0: interesting flavors.
1: Listen, and I will say again, I believe that his flavor was cilantro. It was made with coconut oil. It was totally vegan. Uh-huh. And then it had little pieces of fresh lime mixed oh. into it. Um, so it was really interesting. Okay. It was a delicious, interesting thing. It was just unusual. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily what you would expect. And a lot of people um, don't
0: like cilantro because they have that taste like absolutely. Soap to
1: them. But culantro is more. Um, it's more vegetal, kind of in like a cucumber, celery way. Okay, so it's not quite as pungent, like soapy, aromatic, what as, you're describing as sure. cilantro. So I think that's also part of the reason why he's like obsessed that. with that yeah. flavor. So we just did something interesting with that. And then um, it didn't sell like crazy, but it was cool because it was also really reflective of him that's and he is. loved it and yeah. he ate it. So, and that's what matters in a collaboration. Yeah. Once in a while, I'll say, no, we can't do that. <laughs> you know, my buddies from uh, Bunker, a restaurant, Vietnamese restaurant mm-hmm. uh, in Ridgewood, one of my favorite places they were very early on with us. And we talked about a lot of different ideas about what we could do that would be reflective or representative of um, their food and their place. Mm -hmm. And so at one point, Jimmy, who's the chef, who is just, he's such a sweet, sweet person. And he's like so quiet and kind of understated, but they were getting kind of excited, I think. And he was like, Well, like, we could, what if we did like fish sauce ice cream? And I was like, No, that's that's not. No, I was like, That's not. I mean, I love fish sauce. Wrong level. Steak. Joe, wrong level.
0: That's weird.
1: I was like, No, dude, that's not. We can't do that. But, and their flavor, that was interesting. In that series, their flavor wound up being, um, it was so it was called Bunker Chunk. Bunker's the name of their restaurant. Mm-hmm. It was Vietnamese mint, Thai purple basil, lemongrass and shiso. That sounds amazing. All mixed together. That's a complicated combo. But those it's are savory. all but those are all the herbs that go on a plate of food in the restaurant mm-hmm. that you use for to kind of or, or yeah. yeah, it could be for pho, but also for like the spring rolls, or a lot Got of it. the the omelet that they serve, you get that, mm-hmm. and you kind of can wrap things with that. and And I was like, this flavor is really compelling to me because yeah. that's something that really I feel that when I eat there, I'm, mm-hmm. those are the things that I'm tasting. And then it had chocolate chips in it, so it was oh. kind of like a really sophisticated mint chip. Yeah, had a little bit of a um, like a cannabis flavor to it. Oh, surprise, okay. surprise.
0: Have you ever done that? Can you? Of make... course,
1: yes. We've done all of that. How stuff. How does that work? Because... Very, very quietly, very yeah. carefully.
0: <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> Not something we do. No, you would no, never smell sup- it. No, Yes, <laughs> uh,
1: super fun. Strange. The you can buy these things called CBDs now, which are really like the flavor cannabis flavors. Oh, interesting. There, this is a new. This is a very new product. I'm aware of it because I know people who are in that business. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking to kind of market it to, um, to chefs to use as a flavoring. But
0: there's no effect. That's right. It.
1: That's right. But it's like this cannabis flavor.
0: Got it. That people might like.
1: I don't know. I, I personally, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure. I don't sure. think it's gonna
0: do well because you want the taste <clears> and the <throat> effect. It's not like the best thing you've ever tasted in your life. For well, me anyways, right. But.
1: but if you when you start to go down that road with that it is an herb it does have a flavor that's true so it has a flavor that's also quite unique okay so they're just in the same way that someone could be like i don't like why would i eat lemon verbena or sure. thyme? but that the, does have a specific flavor and and it is in, in the category of something that's herbaceous it ha, it has its own spot yeah. it could have Used its own properly. spot yeah sure. so it might Oh, interesting. Be something that could find its way into. We we have an association with it f- from, you know, the aroma mm-hmm. that it translates into something else. But mm-hmm. it could be that it could be a, a flavor. I, you know, it, I don't see it. Personally, I'm like, I don't know. Like, am yeah. I going to be using CBD as a flavor profile for something it's sure. like cannabis? I, I don't know. But I use herbs. Yeah. I use a lot of herbs. Sure. You know, so... It could, and it doesn't fall into like the onion family okay. of strictly savory. So, yes, there could be a cannabis. It could
0: be an interesting use down the road. Absolutely. You're open.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And of your collaborations, was there one that really put you on the map or that sort of like hmm. got you noticed? Like, how did you go from opening your front doors to having lines around the block or having people always in the store? Like, a lot right. of people that listen outside of couples or engaged couples are business owners, small business owners. Okay. So to find your success so soon out of the gate, do you attribute that to anything particular? Or?
1: I think we, we had a line before we opened. Yeah, which the is The first amazing. day because we had a piece of media come out in New York Magazine. Okay. Um, they were really generous with us. Um, to, uh, they were really generous with us. To give us a big spread okay. in the magazine before they'd ever seen anything or tasted anything. Well, they knew my product. The okay. edit- editors there know who I am. I had been making ice cream before, so they were aware Got of it. that. So that, um, but they they didn't they they took a leap of faith. Sure, I'll say in yeah. a way. Um, and I so. Then there was a line the first day because this ice cream shop opened and people were like excited, I guess, to mm-hmm. see. I was really surprised by that. Okay. And then we were really busy. It was Memorial Day weekend 2014. So it's it was, hot.
0: People love ice cream. It was
1: also feels like the first real weekend of summer, mm-hmm. you know, so um, that was really busy. I was behind schedule on opening the parlor by a, a few weeks or months, depending uh-huh. on how you look at it. And um, now I feel like really... I'm really happy that our anniversary is on Memorial Day. Yeah. It's like a fun it feels right. Yeah, it feels right. And we usually do a big party, we give ice cream away or something. It's just fun Noted. time. <laughs> yeah. If it was like March, which it, it would be like Yeah. Rah, rah. With but, ice
0: cream you think summer, you think Yeah,
1: people are already yeah. in the mood and they're like, This is fun. So that's that worked out well. But yeah, we were really busy then and then I mean, the store was busy all the time like but we've grown a lot Mm -hmm. like the density of the business has grown and so um it's just sort of a combination of all the things Mm -hmm. that we do i think that we we we're interested in a lot of different stuff, and our, our regular core menu, I think, is really strong. And, has and you said a,
0: you have 50 everyday flavors?
1: Yeah, it changes a little bit. That's okay. a rough number. It can go up or down like it's five. Still, it's huge. It's a lot of flavors. It's a lot of flavors. We give people a lot of choices. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty focused on quality. Yeah. That's like really important. We have Small to batch. serve. Yeah. I mean, I don't even use that term, but yeah, our stuff is all made actually really small quantity, okay. especially for the volume that we're for serving. Doing. Um And just, I haven't done anything. I haven't grown anything in a way that didn't feel like it was the right uh, time to mm-hmm. do it. So we added other parts of our business like pints or ice cream cakes when i felt comfortable that we when could you were ready to do that we could put it on the you know the agenda and say sure. well, now now we're going to do this so
0: once you nailed uh, s- serving scoops of ice cream exactly. you could move on to pints
1: yeah it's more of an operational issue behind sure. the scenes it's like it seems so simple just like put the ice cream in a pint but there's more to it mm-hmm. than that to make sure that the whole team can do it and do it well. So that when you walk to the counter and you're like, can I get a pint of the coconut ash? We're just like, yeah, no problem. It takes some time to put those systems in place to be able to do that. So, so, you know, I think that that has been part of our process and we've also added fun things that Mm -hmm. keep people interested in what we do. And, um, right now today we're experiencing, you know, a really, uh, just tremendous, support from our customers it's Mm -hmm. october and we're like really busy over there right now it's also been
0: really hot do you correlate yeah i mean not this week but last week i felt like it was in the seven there were
1: some warm days but not unusual for october yeah nothing out of the ordinary are
0: sales for you connected to weather
1: sometimes okay but not always there is a trend um, in, in like but people eat ice cream in the winter time it's sure. like a myth you know yeah. people think that you
0: hibernate with ice cream
1: yeah and I mean people maybe are out and about eating more ice cream mm-hmm. in the summertime um, but at this time of year and in um, in the spring your business level will be more attached to the weather patterns day to day. Got it. So like right now it's October. And if suddenly we have like one of these really cold, windy, blustery kind of days, it can kind of like slow it down for Mm -hmm. a day. And then like you're observing, if we have like the Indian summer effect where suddenly it's 80 degrees, then yes, everyone comes hammering out (laughs) for it. Yeah. So you see those kind of pops, but more or less, that's already kind of built into our expectations of where we're going to be with the business. And so we're still experiencing really tremendous level of business right now. Which is great. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I think we're lucky. Yeah. We work really hard. Everyone's working really hard to make sure we're doing a good job, but yeah, we're very fortunate. Well, and you
0: keep it interesting.
1: Yeah. I want to be interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to also understand that I spent five years thinking about like I wanna write this menu. Mm-hmm. Like I wanna do this. So now I'm doing it. Yeah. And I so I stay up late at night and I kind of like noodle around and look at the menu and thinking think about, about ice cream. Yeah, just think about the whole thing. Sure. This every which way that we could be doing it and that it's exciting to me and I'm this is what I'm into. Yeah. So it's like it's a lot of work. But For it's sure. also like I could be doing something that I didn't want to do. You didn't
0: enjoy doing. Yeah. You could be a so. banker. Or so, yeah, exactly. But that The same number of hours, but maybe less satisfying.
1: Yeah, and the correlation between, you know, being happy with creating something, like we're creating a product and people really like it. It
0: brings joy to I mean, yeah, everybody. Yeah, people
1: love it. And then we can just do more. And the yeah. more we do, the more people seem to like it. So yeah. it's easy to say do more. There's this, sometimes I'm piling on too much stuff mm-hmm. where you know, we have a lot of different things going sure. on and it's becomes, uh, challenging. That's my job. Yeah. My job is to generate things that yeah. I'm inspired by and that keep our customer interested in what
0: we're doing. Do you think that you guys will be expanding from one store to multiple stores or are you,
1: we will do that. I think that, um, I have a vision for how to do that. Okay. And I've learned over time that my vision is not what people would expect
0: interesting cuz it's not what most do. people do or
1: i don't i don't have any interest i will not open a bunch of morgan Stearns in new york okay for example like there will
0: you will go from 1 to 12 or something
1: no the, i mean there will only ever be one morgan Stearns ice cream parlor in new york oh interesting in any city okay i'm not going to litter a city with with your parlors, parlors. it dilutes the brand and it okay. dilutes what we do it's a special place yep. and I'm not interested in rolling it out that way. I mm-hmm. want to have... It's a parlor. destination. Exactly. And I want to have parlors in cities which um, give as much back to us creatively as we bring to a city. Interesting. So, I, so I want to be in places that are inspiring for us mm-hmm. to do things where we're like, there's some really crazy culture here, whether that's food or music or mm-hmm. whatever can it is. You play off of that. Or just create. be inspired by sure. it. Sure. Just be like, we want to be in places that we want to be in that are inspiring so for us. So you're not
0: coming to Brooklyn? No. Oh, sad face. I guess I can take the train. Sorry, bud. Sorry. <laughs> that I was can't. a selfish question.
1: I, well, I've done business in Brooklyn and um, it doesn't... I don't think that Brooklyn has the density truly mm-hmm. to support what we do. Got it. Um, and we are developing another concept that's more of like a ready to wear kind of thing. Whereas okay. the parlor is more like an atelier. And sure. so, you know, could you find one of those in Brooklyn? Possibly. That's possible. Like a truck? It won't be a truck. Okay. That, those will be brick and mortar. Um, we are developing trucks as well. The, you know, the truck idea for me, I, I am interested in trucks because I'm interested in cars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never would just have like a regular kind of ice cream truck. I want something that's like super cool. So oddly this year, two different opportunities came up um, that were really crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, One with a big auto like a huge auto company, one of the biggest ones and they've never done anything like that. And I just happened to know, someone and you know what just sure. all small world yeah. and then i was like you know if we were to do something together we could do something really crazy yeah. and that then i'm excited to yeah. do that so that's the other thing is i don't want to have trucks just
0: because just for it's the like, sake of having you know, trucks
1: so i'll have a crazy truck yeah if, if and when i build a truck you'll It'll see be it and truck you'll, of all trucks. you'll be like what the hell is that and yeah. then you have to go and i'll I'll also build it to produce a product that's one of a kind yeah. for that experience. Exactly. So
0: that's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's fun. It's super fun. It's a it's a little overwhelming sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're like, whoa, we're gonna do that. Yeah. But it would be so rad.
0: Yeah, be so cool. And it's a thing that what I love is that you're not just <clears throat> doing something for the sake of doing it. Like mm-hmm. business would teach you, you're successful, you're selling, so expand in whatever format can make you money. Right but you're sort of the anti-business man in the sense that you're doing what feels right to your gut and your creative soul, which I think is probably a big part of why you're going to continue to be successful is you're not just that's doing a, for the sake of doing.
1: We have, I mean, in the parlance of, you know, the V, the venture capital world, we mm-hmm. have tremendous brand equity, Sure. right? The value of the brand yeah. is really high and that's why. Yeah. So I don't, get involved in anything that compromises that
0: it doesn't feel right yeah
1: so that's what I that's all I got and it's your name I mean Morgan Stearns is is your last name that's my last name. name yeah and how
0: did you come to that I mean you could have named it anything
1: it just seemed really obvious to me actually okay when I thought about it I think I write all the menus and go through like copy editing and like um it the the names of the flavors have to sound good. Mm-hmm. That sounds so silly, but it's really important. Yeah, like you have to say the flavor and be like, "I Out want loud. that." Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm. I think I'm lucky that I have this last name that has that gives you a feeling of like something that might be from another time yeah. or has been around for a long time. Um,
0: it feels right.
1: And Morgan Stern's finest ice cream. Just sounded like something that could go a long ways. Mm-hmm. So, it's not as though I don't have the ambition to make Morgansterns into like a global sure. product and brand. We do, we will do that with yeah. pints and with all kinds of things. Um, it's just a matter of how and when. Sure. But right now, I just know that we're we are where we are right now, and yeah. we need to stay focused on that. Of, you and know, that, that makes sense. That's what we're doing. And then when it comes time to do more other things than, then those things come down the pipeline. I get offers to expand all different sure, directions and nothing has felt right. So I don't do it.
0: Yeah. Which is the best way to go.
1: I spent five years waiting to do this and this is working and it works well. And people yeah. like it. That feels kind of precious to me. Yeah. So I don't want to make a wrong step and then be like, Oh, well, we, and then mess it up. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, that's real. That can happen. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, we just kind of like go slow, but we're still having fun. So, mm-hmm. what does it matter?
0: No. And if you're enjoying it, that's what matters. Well, I mean, I've been trying to convince you with Anna to do a wedding ice cream cake. Yeah. But you're We'd like on to the do it. About it. No,
1: it's funny. Like, you were at the panel, and Mario was like totally Mario Batali was there. He was breaking my balls. About, I
0: loved that he did that. Yeah, I was well, like cheering him on.
1: He's amazing. Mario's an amazing person. <laughs> he really and is. He's been a tremendous supporter of mm-hmm. mine and so many people that I know. He has huge generous spirit and is brilliant also a highly intelligent person um
0: that was the first time I'd ever seen him or heard him he was incredible oh he's so smart the way he speaks everything
1: it's no accident that Mario is is as successful as he is because he's brilliant but he also has a huge heart Mm -hmm. in addition to all of that the guy knows how to have a ripping good time yeah he's super fun yeah so um you know he Mario just came out with a book, mm-hmm. a big book, Mario's is that a book Big America. Yeah, huge book tour, yeah. like crazy. And he's touring at like the smallest little bookstores all Anywhere. over the country that you've yeah. never heard of. I mean, I know his team is like,
0: What are we? Why are you doing this? Is this is crazy. And he's like, yeah. No,
1: I love it. This is an American cookbook. We're going to America. Yeah. And he's doing it. It's like,
0: because he wants to. It's
1: on his dime. Yeah. Okay, like, it's not as though the sure. publisher was like, here we go, let's no, take the bus. No, they'll do major places. Right, yeah. and so, but he really believes that he needs to reach that audience, mm-hmm. so my, the reason I bring that up is that I, we had this Noya House thing planned, and they wanted to do it by the end of September, mm-hmm. which is like the end of summer kind of thing, and I asked him if he would be willing to do it because i I, there's a lot of people obviously that i can ask he was the only food person that i brought in right but i love his perspective and i love how well his flavor reflected sort of like the platonic ideal of what i want to see happen when we do that because it married not only like who he is but what he does sure and it One truly, and it also truly was something that he just would eat it. He loved yeah. it. So, so, and then obviously, like he's incredibly articulate and yeah. entertaining, and he's all the other things. And so I just was like, yeah, I want to do this thing at Noya House. You know, do, can you come? his schedule's nuts. It's I mean, inc- it's, it's crazy. crazy. He's yeah. all doing hundred. They had just opened Eataly in the uh, financial district. I went
0: for lunch the other day. Unbelievable. It's, beautiful.
1: it's crazy. And they did such, I mean, I was at friends and family blew my mind, but yeah. he, I mean, the, he's doing incredible things, but he's crazy busy I mm-hmm. mean, super high functioning. And I just did his show multissimo after the Noya House thing, but the, he just, I mean, they're functioning on yeah. firing on all cylinders yeah. and I asked him to do it. And, he somehow made time i mean he had this one night and he said that's when i can do it so we scheduled kind of around Around that to make sure sure that everyone could make it obviously so anyways we all were able to get there and we made it and then um he you know he came and what was interesting is that he has a big personality right like he can do a lot of different things and a presence about him absolutely um but he was i felt like he made room for everyone on the panel mm-hmm. right to be there and that's really important so didn't it felt do the oprah
0: effect which is sort of always about her yeah and he didn't he didn't, was really he, generous with everyone
1: he didn't need to i think i mean again he's smart enough that he saw that this was about something else it mm-hmm. wasn't even really about me i was sure. just thinking like this is something that we've all done together yeah, so yeah and um i don't know if you remember vincent Oshi. Who's the clothing designer? I do with his, his
0: melty ice cream. <laughs> his brand is so
1: funny. His brand is death to tennis. He makes men's clothing, and he's a fantastic person. I love yeah. him. He's such such a good guy, and he really. Uh, when I asked him, I was like, "I want you know, do you want to do this thing?" I thought he would be so into it. We, he and I have done stuff together before, yeah. and he was like, "Oh no, me." i don't want to do that i can't do. i thought he was joking i thought he was joking i was like okay all right it's gonna be on this day at this time and he really was like i really don't want to do it and i was
0: like what are you talking
1: about so he kind of has stage fright i could tell well so he you know he he made that and i was like dude you got to do this. Like his yeah. brand is incredible. Yeah. We're working on something together. Mm-hmm. I'm working with him to do yeah. something with him, but he has such an amazing product and he's just good. Just good all the way around. Sure. He's really on the same level as on a yeah. If I think about like comparable, like, artists. not only, but he's just a generous soul mm-hmm. and he's fantastic. So I was like, this is good for you. Like yeah. uh, your your brand is young and like you're going to be in front of a really good audience. Yeah. This is going to be good for you. And you need to be able to do this. You need this. to get over your fear. I well yeah. or just I, it's not my job to make anyone do that one way or the other, but I'm like this is a part of being a small business owner sure. is that you got to be able to say this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And so all right, mate, all right, I'm going to do it. And then we (laughs) did his flavor. They didn't know that I was going to have their flavors there. Oh, okay. And his flavor I had been testing up until that point. And so his flavor was a little complicated, as you saw. It has like Mm -hmm. the caramel on it and all this stuff. And um, he – so, you, I mean, you saw. What happened when – Vince, as an audience member, what did you see happen?
0: He was so – he had to try like three times to introduce himself. To say his name. He couldn't even do it, and it was – at first it was like cute and then it was like oh god I'm how was, embarrassing and then when he got there there was such a rally of support see but
1: so endearing
0: yeah totally Just like,
1: and it really was special because then it made the whole thing real and connected, yeah. you know? So, well, and
0: then he loosened up, which was nice. That's and I think the thing. The and it also loosened the whole thing up. Audience up. up. you and know what I mean? And then when his ice cream like spilled on someone's la- it was a whole thing.
1: Right. So not orchestrated at no, all. No, totally that's unintentional. That's the thing that's funny is that you can like let those things flow. So and that
0: was the first time he tasted his ice cream. Yeah, he hadn't had it. In front of an audience. I had
1: been working on it. So, <laughs> yeah, um, that was funny that Mario had a bite of it as well. Yeah. Um, just
0: passed it around. And then the audience he passed it on over
1: he you know these ice cream can be like the great equalizer yeah that's what I've learned through all so. of this stuff yeah well the collaborations have been a really interesting process for me because I've worked with some chefs that otherwise w- maybe would be competitive sure. or closed and sure. I, it was it's been an interesting process for me to see how it like neutralizes mm-hmm. all
0: of that stuff it goes away
1: it really does um, and the, it's the it's the medium. Yeah. I mean, Morgan Sterns is cool, and people are like, okay, that's a cool place. I hear about it, and yeah. I'll do it. But it's the ice cream is something that people can just um, have a connection to, and sure. it doesn't have to have an association to anything else, yeah, other uh, than that. Exactly.
0: But exactly. All of that yeah. story about Mario was to say he was busting your balls about getting in the wedding industry. So, are you saying you're considering you, making ice cream wedding cakes?
1: I would definitely do. I would do one cake okay. with with Anna. Like okay. it needs to be, I don't have any interest in just like making a cake for, for someone just of, because, yeah. and it, if it turns into something else, I'm open to it. Sure. As I said at the panel, I said, it's not like I'm not here to be in business. Sure. I, the same person who writes the menu is the same one who signs the paychecks. Yeah. Like it, trust me, I see the you correlation, goes on there, yeah. but yeah. But I always had been concerned, like, are we going to be able to do this Mm -hmm. well, you know, to do it really well? Yeah. Uh, If we took Anna Sheffield's flavor and turned it into a cake, it would be amazing. Yeah. It would be beautiful and it would, it would make, it would be something really special. Yeah. If you find the person who will actually understand that and and appreciate that, then you call me and I'll say, let's make sure that we have enough time to do it, to do this well. It's not our wheelhouse, right? Like ice cream cakes are complicated as it is. And then making a giant one that you're going to put in front of (laughs) 150 people or 300 people (laughs) or whatever, you know, there's a lot of factors there, which is why naturally I've said, Maybe not right now, yeah. you know, but Mario's perspective on it was, you know, you're in business to be in business. Sure. So if you make this thing and people want it, then charge what you have to charge for it and give it to, to them. It. Yeah. And I appreciate that's a capitalist uh, approach. Is, I'm a yeah. capitalist. I'm like, yeah, let's, that makes sense to me. Get yeah. it, get it done. We're a very small shop and uh, we have a very small team. Yeah. Morgan Stern's bats way above its weight. Sure. It is a tiny little place. Yeah. With a crew that just cares. Yeah. That and that's what we got. And we don't have. Yeah. We don't have some big juggernaut behind us. Yeah. So we have to remember. I have to remind sure. us. Well, sometimes we're not quite uh, at that place where yeah. we can be like. Going to Martha Stewart and saying we're going to make this yes. ice cream wedding cake
0: because once you put it out there, I got to deliver. I got to deliver. Yeah,
1: I can't be like, oh, we can't figure it out. Yeah, you know, I never want to run out of anything. Of course. Well, a lot of stores run out of stuff. Yeah, it's, and, but, they're, and they're just like, I don't know. Yeah, you know, that's and not, it's really annoying. When that's you go not to store acceptable store to me. It's not acceptable to
0: get your flavor that you've been craving, and it's not there. It's, We've run out, out of stuff annoying. here and there a little bit, but sure.
1: like, it's a not. <clears throat>
0: That's not the norm. They
1: all, everybody knows that's not something that we do.
0: Yeah. It's not what, it's not a marketing tactic. That's
1: just not where we're at.
0: So I will think on this and if I have the right couple in mind, I'll reach out. And for anyone who's listening that hasn't tried your ice cream, where is your store exactly located?
1: Um, Morgan Stearns is in the Lower East Side. The address is number two, Rivington, Mm -hmm. which is between Bowery and Christie.
0: Perfect. Mm. And your website and Instagram?
1: Uh, our Instagram is uh, NYC with an mm-hmm. S on the end. And our website is also morgansternsnyc.com.
0: Perfect. Well, yeah. this has been so lovely. Fantastic. Thanks All for right. taking the
1: time to chat.
0: You too. Yeah. It's now time for the Ask Jove portion of the podcast. And we have one question this episode. Shanna from San Francisco says... Jove, do we have to cut the cake at our wedding? I do not like being the center of attention, and it feels really weird. Help. Um, Well, hi, Shanna. Congratulations. And no, to be honest, you don't have to cut the cake at your wedding. Um, If that's pure blasphemy to your ears or your mother's ears or your fiance's ears, I totally get it. But what I would say is there's a couple of different ways you can do this. Um... Style one is the classic option where you bring the cake to the center of the room or the dance floor, uh, a formal announcement is made, everybody gathers around, and you make it a a moment. The, The DJ or band might play a special song you cut the cake, you serve it, you feed each other, you maybe smash it in each other's face, whatever your relationship is, photographer's there, video's there, it's a full-fledged moment. If that's giving you anxiety and that's too much to do, then the other option is what I call a ninja cake cutting. And a ninja cake cutting is basically where everyone's dancing and having a good time, and your planner just sort of wheels the cake out to the middle of the dance floor while the dance is happening. There's no change in song, there's no real in announcement so the energy of the party doesn't stop for the cake cutting. You and your fiance get in there, you cut the cake, it's much more high energy, it's a little bit more fast-paced, and then we whisk it right away and the dance party just continues. So then you still get a little bit of a spectacle, but you don't have a full-fledged cake cutting moment or ceremony. And the last option, I would say, if you're going to cut the cake, but you don't really want the attention, is to do a private cake cutting. Let you know, Make sure you ask your planner to just let the photographer know, the videographer know, and maybe your parents, because they usually and grandparents are the ones who really long for that moment. And this can be done over in a corner at the side of the room. No announcement has to be made. And you and your fiance, photographer, videographer, and closest family, parents, and maybe grandparents, can just watch. It can be a tiny moment that will make them really happy, and you'll have it on camera and film uh, for memory for long-term happiness, and also you won't disrupt the party, but furthermore, you won't be making sort of a big scene or being the center of attention. So those are the three options in terms of scale of most attention, less attention, and really no attention, and of course, there's the option of not cutting your cake at all. Please be warned that sometimes older guests or grandmas wait for the cake cutting as a symbol to when they can leave. So if there is no cake cutting, you may throw them off a little bit, but they'll go when they want to go. So don't worry too much about other people and enjoy your day and cut the cake wherever, whenever, and however you want. Weddings-ish! The music in this podcast was made by the fabulous Mel Flannery of Mixtape, a cover band for hipsters. If you need an amazing wedding band, make sure to check them out. Thanks, Mel. Love the jingle. Wed-ish. Weddings-ish. Weddings-ish.